How are you? I'm okay, Jason. How are you? I'm okay. Let me just get your volume up. I can do that on my end. Oh, thank you for joining me on a Sunday. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a little... You have a busy life. You have lots going on. Oh. So it's very difficult to find a two-hour window. But I do appreciate oh. you being so flexible to make it happen today. Well, you as well. I mean, I had to cancel on you twice. Being a trucker, you never know when you're going to get home. So, But here I am. That's what's important. No, no I love you, man. It's uh, rescheduled. We rescheduled. There's no cancel. Yeah. Just rescheduled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I do appreciate that because it's really important that we get this message out and we let people hear it completely uh, from start to finish. So there's no time limit. Just so you know, I'm normally about two hours, but we can go longer if we need to do that. I've got nothing else planned today. So just wanted to let you know up front that we have all the time it takes here, here Dan. Would you like me to start with that 20-minute audio from your lawyer or you want to save that for a little bit later when we get into the legal side of things? Um. Yeah, maybe we could start with that. Let everyone know, you know, let them be introduced to my lawyer and see what this fight is really all about. Yeah, I think that would be a great way to help people catch up and then we can really get into the weeds after that. Yeah. So let me go ahead and bring that up. And it's only 20 minutes, so if you want to grab a coffee or something and anybody listening, um, this is a really, really good little video. Hold on a second. And I'm about to queue it up there, Dan. And how was your Sunday going, by the way? Oh, it's okay so far. I haven't cried yet, so it's a good day. I'm in Simcoe County in Ontario. Okay. And how's the weather out there right now for you? Well, it's nice. It's cloudy, but not too hot, not too cold. It's good. Yeah, we're getting into autumn, so we're getting ready. And you're a trucker, yeah. but we'll get into all those details shortly. All right, folks, here's the audio, so we'll just hit her and listen. And uh, take some notes, folks, because this is incredibly important. Thank you uh, for sharing, Dan. First of all, I'd like to thank you all uh, for inviting me. Um, I, I want to acknowledge uh, Chris and Eva, who are both uh, listening on these Twitter spaces as well. They, they are instrumental in, in finding justice for, for Sean. Um, and of course, uh, Dan Hartman, who, um, who is a, a father who is pure and, and someone who I have come to to know and and respect and very much uh, look forward to uh, to working with. I'll I'll start off by uh, just giving you a little bit of background. I'm not uh, certainly not doing any self promotion, uh, but I I want you guys to to kind of know who we are and and what we're doing uh, as best we can. Now there will be many things that I cannot tell you, uh, especially on on such a public forum. Uh, because of our litigation strategy, because of privilege issues with my client. Um, and so I'll, I'll do my best to share as much as I can. And, uh, and then we can certainly take some questions after I've got a little bit of time here. Um, so happy to do it. Um, so, so to start on our firm, uh, Shake Law was founded uh, about two years ago. Uh, prior to that, I was the CEO of the British Columbia Nurses Union um, out here in BC and the general counsel of the nurses union prior to that. Um, so I've been in healthcare and fighting battles against the government for probably a good uh, 12 years of my life now. Um, and so they're quite used to seeing my face and, uh, and I can tell you, I don't have many friends uh, that are on the government side anymore. We fought over almost everything. The, the last big fight that we did was over the flu vaccine mandate cases. 
Um, and so for those of you who are not from BC, there was a flu vaccine mandate that came into effect uh, for healthcare workers. And we fought that uh, because it was an ineffective vaccine uh, in and of itself. Um, it took a few years uh, to, to win that case, which we eventually did in 2019, just before COVID hit. Uh, but what I will tell you is that it was a monumental task to argue virology, uh, science, to, to go or after the government on decision making. Um, and you're going to hear a lot of that tonight from me around what it is that we're up against. Um, I'll, I'll give you a, a brief anecdote um, around, around kind of what the government does, right? So you're Oh, sorry, we lost the connection. Opponent, when you're fighting the government, um, is someone that is bigger than you? One second. Somehow we lost the uh, connection, and it's coming right back. There it is. Sorry about that, folks. So this is your lawyer speaking, right? Yeah, sorry, we lost you there, too. So this is your lawyer speaking there, Dan? Yes, Omar Sheikh. Okay, sorry about that, folks. We lost a quick connection there. We'll get it right back. It's someone that has more money than you. It's someone who has more lawyers than you and a lot more time than you have. Uh, one of the, the greatest edicts um, that you should remember is that justice delayed is justice denied. And so to keep you out of court, to keep you in the litigation process is a win for the government uh, because there is no decision and therefore they can say they haven't lost anything. Uh, there was a, a contract once, uh, I'll give you this anecdote, there was a contract once with the, the nurses of British Columbia, there's 48,000 of them. Um, and so there was a contract that said, when a nurse is absent, you will replace that nurse. That's all it said. When, when a nurse is absent, you will replace that nurse. And so then the government showed up to me and said, well, Omar, we don't know what the word will means. Now think about that. What does the word will mean? Well, it means you're going to do something. Well, he said, well, no, it can't mean we must do it. It can't mean we have to do it. That's not what will means. There's a stupidity in that argument, and any person on this space or anywhere else in the world that would read the word will knows what it means, but not if you're the government. And so the government tied us up in litigation for almost a year and a half at a cost of almost $1.7 million before we were able to get a judgment that the word will meant will. Now, why would they do this? Well, they didn't think they were going to win that case. Certainly not. But they knew that they could delay implementing our contract. They knew that they could delay paying out on the damages of replacing nurses. They knew they had more money. They knew they were bigger. And so they just kept us in litigation. And that is the system that we're in. When we started the flu vaccine mandate challenges, we started those challenges in 2012. That case didn't end until 2019. Years of litigation, almost $2 million spent in fighting with the government on issues such as, was the flu vaccine even effective? And we had years of data that said if you got the vaccine in 2015, for example, there was a complete mismatch and it had no impact on whether or not you would get or transmit the flu. Right. So despite having clear data at times, I know it feels 
to a lot of you, like we're banging our heads against the wall. I know it feels like the justice system is rigged, but, but what I can tell you is that with perseverance, you will get there, right? You, you will be able to eventually get a case to trial. You will be able to present your evidence. It's not easy. It's not a law and order episode, and, and God knows I wish it were, where the clock turns 9.30 and you hear the dun dun and now you're, you're in court. That, that's not how it works. What will happen in this case and what happens in every case that we have, and we have cases all around this country, from paramedics to healthcare workers in BC and Ontario, federal service workers, we represent police officers, aviation. We have cases all over this country on flu vaccine mandates and the impacts on individuals. And in each case that we file, we get motion after motion, as ridiculous as those motions may be, by the other side in order to delay and waste time. This is their, their MO. This is what they do because they know that they can litigate you to death. They can litigate you to bankruptcy and then you won't get justice. There will never be a decision and that's okay, right? That's still a, a win for the government. And that's the reality. I, I'm doing a case right now with the ambulance paramedics um, out here in British Columbia. Now the ambulance paramedics, for those of you who are Canadian, would know that any of our healthcare workers have a contract essentially with the government. That's how they get paid. Um, well, the government showed up a couple of weeks ago and said to us, well, we were never aware that the paramedics or the ambulance workers had a contract. Now, that's, again, one of the stupidest things I ever heard. What do you think? These ambulances drive around and see a pile of money and sometimes grab it and say, hey, we've gotten paid. Of course not. There's a contract. You're a signatory on it. But they argued we weren't aware of a contract. And so now we had to go to court. We had to waste weeks of time. Um, eventually we won that ruling, but they didn't care because they wasted weeks of our time. They wasted a bunch of money. Um, and that is the way these things function. Now, on top of that, I often hear that, oh, these cases aren't going well. And a lot of people talk about, you know, the, the judiciary being corrupt or the, the trial process not being there. You know, what I'll tell you is that it takes time to change hearts and minds. It takes time to change a mind of a judiciary. You know, I'll give you an example, right? I, I was a lawyer in the US before I was a lawyer in Canada. And, you know, in, in 1867, right, a long time ago, there was a man named Dred Scott. He was a black man. And he went to the US court, Supreme Court, under the same constitution that they have today and said, I want the rights and freedoms as any other person under the Constitution of the US. And the court, reading that Constitution, said, no, you're not entitled. And in 1967, nearly 100 years later, the court, reading the same Constitution, said, we're going to end segregation in schools. Now, I'm not saying this case is going to take 100 years, God help us. But what I am trying to tell you is that things do change movements do matter and over time that change will manifest into decisions most if not all of the cases that you hear about have never been to trial right when you hear about the peckford challenge or other challenges going on in aviation or elsewhere these cases have been dismissed for mootness done technicalities 
you've never actually gotten a decision maker to review that evidence and say, hey, this is what happened, right? When we look at, for example, transmission of COVID-19, right? So pretty simple topic. Can you get COVID-19 and can you give it to others, right? So who said that COVID-19 vaccination prevents transmission? Who said that? Well, everybody, every public health officer, Dr. Theresa Tam in Canada, you know, the, the failed drama student that is our prime minister, all of these people said that, right? They said it's going to protect grandma. It's going to save grandma's life. That's why you're getting it. That's why you can't get on a plane. That's why you can't get on a train because you got to save others' lives. Okay. And what did the vaccine manufacturers say? Well, the vaccine manufacturers, one needs to go into their public filings, into the Health Canada system. They each filed something called a product monograph. Now, a product monograph is essentially the patent document on your drug. That's how you get paid. So the more that you say your drug does, the more you can bill and collect money. So it's in your interest to say that Tylenol not only cures a headache, but it also cures cancer and a broken foot, right? You wanna add as much as you can if you're the drug manufacturer into that monograph, because that is how you're going to be able to enforce your patent and make more money. What's the product monograph say for Pfizer or Moderna or AstraZeneca or Johnson & Johnson? Well, it's very clear. It does not prevent transmission of COVID-19. There has been no statements from the manufacturers that it was ever going to do that. And they knew that at the time of purchase when all of these were filed. Yet the narrative was completely different. And so when you eventually go to Health Canada and you're in trial, and you present these documents to the decision makers, the question will be, who told you this would prevent transmission? And how could you then relay that to the Canadian public? Well, it doesn't, right? We all know that now. We all know if you get the COVID vaccine, you're still as likely to transmit. We all know you're still gonna give it to grandma. We all know you're still going to get COVID-19, but that's not what the actual documents say. And so there's a lot still to get through when we look at the introduction of this vaccine. And I don't, I don't like to call it a vaccine, I call it a product because a vaccine prevents transmission of illness and it prevents you from getting an illness. This doesn't do any of that, right? We're not in the world of, of polio, and I'm not commenting on polio, but we're not in the world of vaccines in the traditional sense. We're under the world of a very different product here. And so, oh, I'm sorry, there's a bit of feedback. And so we start, and hopefully you can still hear me. So we started with, with looking at, at Mr. Hartman's case. Um, and very quickly, as you guys have all said on this call, we saw that here's a young man who is perfectly healthy, has no comorbidities, um, has a great diet, very physical, hockey player, no heart conditions, that gets a vaccine, and then 33 late, days later is tragically found dead. How does that happen? Where's the correlation? Well, we, we look at the medical reports that we have and the medical experts in Canada say it's unascertained. We don't know. There's no way for us to know how this young man died. Well, that's pretty ridiculous, isn't it? When we go back to our experts who we've retained, like Dr. Peter McCullough, uh, you guys mentioned Dr. Cole. There's going to be an expert in, 
in Germany as well. There's going to be a number of them that, that have agreed to work on this file. We will see that the body was wrought with inflammation. And what inflammation causes in those particular cases are the exact same symptoms that this young man presented to at the ER when he went in with vomiting and raccoon eyes and general swelling in his arm. That's inflammation. We will see that the, the, the tests that have been done in the US can show that that inflammation, the, the fact that those spike proteins traveled throughout his body, not stayed localized where they said it was going to stay localized, more likely than not, caused this young man's death, right? It's a question of now, where do we get out that evidence? Who are we suing to be able to do that? Well, I can tell you a few things. The vaccine manufacturers have complete immunity. They are not even allowed to be sued in this country over anything the vaccine did or didn't do. Those immunity agreements are signed, and that is not a party we would be able to sue. So then you look at, well, who committed this atrocity? Who's responsible, right? Well, you look at Health Canada. You look at the approval process in Health Canada. You look at the messaging put out by Health Canada. And you start to get a picture that perhaps there's a line of wrongful death liability against the government. Now, if that decision... Sorry, I, I got lost there. If that decision were to come to pass, that would be extremely significant, not just in Canada and not just in North America, but, but anywhere in the world. There's only one other case that is proceeding that is very similar to Sean's, and that is a young lady who passed away tragically at the age of 15 in Japan. And in, ja in Japan, they've taken a very different approach. We're following that case. But they've taken a very different approach with that young lady's autopsy and all of the medical. They are doing everything under the sun to be able to make that information available and to prove that it was, in fact, the vaccine that killed that young lady. Very similar circumstances. Completely healthy young person got killed. And so if we set that precedent here, if we get a decision here that this vaccine killed this young man, and that this government knew or should have known that those risks were prevalent. They should have known that it was negligent to put out such a product. They should have known that the product was ineffective and it did not work for its intended use. They should have known that there was no rational relationship between the product and what you wanted to achieve. Then that will be a decision that will set precedent for a long, long time. So in order to do that, you know, I think Chris mentioned that we have to go up against Goliath. Uh, we've got the right client. We've got Mr. Hartman, who is steadfast, strong, persevering, and willing to do that. But now we've got to get the experts. Now we've somehow got to move this ball down the field. Now, when you look at experts, and, and again, everyone's a human being here. Right. And all of our experts will donate as much time as they can while trying to maintain whatever living and support of their family. Our law firm will donate as much time as we can. Everything we've done up until now, for example, has been donated. And we will continue to do that for as many people 
as we can possibly do it for. But in order to beat the, the, the Goliath that we have to face, it is necessary for people to come together. It is necessary for us to have the, the support of, of Canadians, of people around the world to say we want answers in this situation. Now, we will be proceeding and filing this case sometime in September. We have put together a pretty fantastic team, along with the great folks hosting this call and, and Mr. Hartman. And that's Eva, who's on this call. That's Chris, who's on this call from Police on Guard. We've got co-counsel Angela Wood, who's going to be working on this file. She's in Alberta. She just ran as a UCP candidate um, for the Daniel Smith party. Um, very, very interested and, and certainly something that someone that's willing to, to put in everything into this file. Um, and so we're building a, a team. We've got Kala, we've got Cole. We're going to continue to build that. And then we need to start pushing that ball down the field inch by inch. And we will endeavor to give as many public updates as we can. Um, however, understand that that when it comes to litigation strategy or or showing up on these spaces, that will become less and less from the lawyers. Uh, but Eva will be handling our communications and she'll be handling, you know, kind of any of our public statements in the future. And so I'm sure, and I don't want to speak for her, but I'm sure, you know, she'll she'll make herself available um, to be able to say what she can publicly. But we are uh, very much looking forward to this fight. This This cannot stand. I have three kids of my own. Um, I, I cannot fathom what this family has been through. And, and it cannot stand that the cause of death is unascertained or something stupid like sudden adult death syndrome, which doesn't exist, by the way. There's no such thing as sudden adult death syndrome. Um, but none of those explanations can stand. And so we very much hope to fight with all of you for, for the justice that's needed. Uh, and I thank you for, for taking the time to, to hear me out today thanks <clears throat> wow okay he's a really good lawyer um, oh, yeah. how did you find him he's so personable he's he's like a friend he really is like he's not a robot like other lawyers like who calls you and says what time did he die or how did it he talks to me like a like a dude like a friend Mm -hmm. We talk on the phone for a half hour at a time, and lawyers just don't do that. They they want money for their time. Well, he's not charging me money, but it depends on raising enough money to pay our expert witnesses to come over here and testify. We have to pay for McCullough to come from America and stay in a hotel, plus his charge of whatever he charges for his expert opinion, which is now scientifically proven. He has... Yeah. I wish I could say more, but McCullough has new evidence. So it's, it costs a fortune. Unfortunately, it does. Every paper that Omar has to file costs money. When the government tries to adjourn this, which they're going to, which I don't understand. If, if you have nothing to hide, why would you adjourn it? Let's go. Let's get in the ring. Let's fight. But they're going to. They're going to yes. try to adjourn this and put me off and make me give up. And it's not going to happen. I'm fighting till I die for myself. I love you, Dan. So that's Eva Chipowicz she's talking about? Yeah. Yeah. She's on you board, have a really too. Good team. Yeah, you have oh. a good team. 
So with Eva, you got Chris from Police on Stand on Guard. He's awesome yep. too. Yeah. And who else is on your team? I mean, so you got you mentioned Peter McCullough, but who else is on your yep. team? Yeah. Uh, I can't say the other ones, but we have That's other fine. expert witnesses. We have other expert yep. witnesses that are coming. It's oh, we're we're, sta- we're stacked. We're ready to go. And for them to defeat me, they have to prove the vaccine didn't kill Sean, and they can't do that. Nobody on this earth can prove that. Even the pathologist who did his autopsy doesn't know how he died. So chances are it was the vaccine. And now with medical evidence, just give up. You lost. You're done. I just want my son to be acknowledged. I want it to be told the truth to the world that he died of a vaccine injury. They pretend that this isn't happening. They don't talk about it. None of the politicians will even speak about it. They're pretending it hasn't happened. Well, it did happen to my son. I have the proof. Give it up. Change his cause of death from unascertained to vaccine injury. Vaccine-induced death. It happens. I mean, let's not pretend it doesn't happen. It's disgusting. You're, you're, you're right. And have you guys applied for the vaccine injury program? And if so, what was the result of that? I did. They rejected me the first time, denied mm-hmm. me. They said, sorry, you don't have any, there's no proof that the vaccine kills Sean. And I said to the woman on the phone, well, that's funny. There's no proof it didn't. So how did you come up with your decision? You just took a piece of paper out of a hat, yes or no? You can't prove he didn't die of it. So how mm-hmm. do you deny me? And it's not even about the money because the payout they give no. is pathetic. It's like $100,000 or something for the life of a child. That's disgusting. I just want them to admit that the vaccine killed Sean. What is so hard about that? The more they keep hiding it, the more guilty they look. It's pretty obvious. Yeah, you're saying you got Alberta help too. So I heard him mention a lawyer from Alberta that worked for the UCP. What was her name again? Uh, Angela Wood. That's my second lawyer. Well done. So co-counsel. Now he so like now, he... sorry. Now I've uh, appealed their decision at the vaccine injury support program because I mm-hmm. have new evidence from Dr. Cole, and they keep putting me off. I appealed it on May eighth. They keep saying, "Sorry, we're having trouble finding a pathologist." There's lots. Pick one. Like that's their excuse why they're not giving me an answer. I keep emailing mm-hmm. this lady once a week. What's going on with my appeal? Sorry, we're still trying to find a pathologist. Well, Dr. Cole's one of a handful of pathologists in the world doing these tests. There's no one in Canada doing it, so you're not going to find one here. And even on the board of people who made the decision about this, one of them is a family doctor. <laughs> Last I checked, they can't determine cause of death. Why is he even on the board? It's bizarre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe they can't find a pathologist to say what they want them to say. Maybe that's the trouble. Yeah, could be. Could be. They're, maybe they're thinking, well, look, now he has evidence. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to say it wasn't the vaccine. I don't want to put my name on the line. Because it is was. There... Let's just say it was. I, what is the harm in that? No one's going to panic. Everyone in the world understands that people can die at any time from any medicine. You could die from taking an aspirin. Mm-hmm. But they pretend nobody has died. It's bizarre. 
What do you think the reason for withholding it is? Do you think, and it's not about fear for the community, like you just said there. Do you think that if they do admit it wasn't safe and effective and it did kill people, they would lose the narrative, they would lose the trust, and people would turn on the government completely? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. The safe and effective narrative will be over. And this is what we need. It's the truth. Yep, it is. And I get slammed for telling the truth every day. I get trolls on my account every day. One guy said two days ago, the kid had it coming. Oh, for goodness sake. That's a They're disgusting just trolls. You know, you, that's not a human being, right? You know, that's just a troll. That's a bot. That yeah. could be just a disgusting person. That's not a human. Yeah. Being. I'm sorry that that happens. It's okay. I'm, we know better. Got, yeah, pretty used to it by now. Do we want to go to the beginning now because you sent me another video of Sean sure. that I'd love to share and uh, then we'll take it from there. I'm sorry. This is bothering well, me already before I even push play. <laughs> well, I, I can't even watch this video. I cry instantly but I can't believe I sent it to you to play but I just want We could hold off it. if you prefer or you want them to see it. Okay. I want them to see how special of a boy he was and if you want I can tell a quick rundown of what happened for anyone who doesn't know. If you Please want. do. We'll do that and I'll get things ready on my side. Okay. Well, my son Sean played hockey his whole life, ever since he was a little boy. And it was his love and passion. He loved it more than anything. To continue to play, they forced him to have a vaccine. It was the only way he continued to play hockey, which he loved. So on September, on August 25th, in 2021, he took his first shot of Pfizer. Four days later, he was rushed to emergency with brown circles around his eyes and vomiting and a rash and an extremely sore shoulder. They sent him home with only Advil. They didn't do a D-dimer test. They didn't do a troponin test. They didn't do any blood work whatsoever to look for blood clots or heart damage. Didn't do any of that, just sent him home. And 33 days after Sean's first shot, he, he was found dead on the floor beside his bed. And then they gave me the autopsy result of unascertained. And I wasn't going to accept that. I knew my boy was healthy. There's nothing wrong with him. He had no underlying conditions. So I started fighting. Created my page, Answers for Sean. That's how I met Dr. Cole. Sent tissue samples of Sean to America because nobody in Canada does the test where Dr. Cole stained his tissue samples to find a tremendous amount of spike protein in Sean's adrenal glands after they claimed it wouldn't leave your shoulder. It went to his adrenal glands, and this was spike caused by the vaccine, not the virus. Sean never had COVID. And the spike protein in his adrenal glands, well, your adrenal glands control your blood pressure. So likely what happened is Sean, his blood pressure dropped or bottomed out completely and he died. And then I had only until September 27th, which would be two years after Sean died, this coming September, to find a lawyer. And thank God Omar Sheikh came into my life. He messaged me from a tweet and said, call me. And that's where we are now. I'm so sorry, Dan. 
I'm so sorry, Dan. Let's take a moment. Let's watch this video. If you need to take a minute, please do. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry, Dan. Thank you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's my boy. Oh, he's beautiful. I know. It's killing me. Oh, thank you for fighting for him, Dan. Oh my gosh. I have to. He's my only son. He's my only boy. Won't get to see him get married. I'll never have grandkids. I won't do Christmas ever again. The only thing that matters to me is getting justice for Sean. I'm going to join that fight with you, Dan. Oh, my gosh. How old was he there? Uh, he was uh, four. He was already into music and singing and because I was a singer in a band for 20 years. So I said, do you want to try karaoke? And he said, yeah. And I said, what song do you want to do? And he said, Twinkle Little Star. Oh, God bless you, son. Oh, he's, he's with God, Dan. He's perfect. Oh, yeah, he was. He really was. He was so respectful and nice and kind. He had a pure heart, a pure soul. Never talked back to me. Never disrespected anybody. Respected his elders, which I taught him. He was so good. Never swore. Oh, my gosh. Man, he was a hockey player, and he loved the sport, oh, yeah. and he worked hard for it. I'm sure he had lots of friends, too. Yeah. And what kind of family do you have in Ontario? Do you have any close? I have my mother and my two brothers and my fiance Angie, who has been by my side ever since Sean died. I had to drive home from work on the day he died. And I don't I don't even remember doing it. And she was waiting. She walked down to my house and she was waiting here for me. And she sees me cry every day. And still sticks with me. I love her so much. Angie, I love you too. Oh my gosh. Can we um, go back to his hockey days and then what led to the lockdown and then the requirement? I'm sorry, Dan. This is so, so hard. Yeah. Um, well, he loved hockey so much. And the only way he could play is to get the vaccine. And then he took it because I guess he saw other people around him were fine. Mm -hmm. 
I begged him not to get it. I didn't even know he got it until the day he died. The How did that happen? Because I guess he didn't want me to know that he knew I would be upset. He didn't tell me. And I wouldn't have been that angry with him because I didn't know so much back then. But I begged him not to get it because I was hearing that people were dropping dead. And the coroner had to tell me. The coroner who went to his mother's house and found him. And he said, were you aware your son took the vaccine? And I said, no, he never said anything. No, Dan. So he was staying with mom at that time then? Yeah. And mom, I guess, gave him permission? Well, I'm not sure. I, we don't speak, but in, in Canada, you can be 12 years old and go get it without parental permission. Oh, I did not yeah. know that. Okay, so in yeah. Canada, you don't have any parental consent at the age of 12 and up? Yeah, if they were a mature 12-year-old, they were allowed to get the vaccine without even telling their parents. It's okay, so there's disgusting. a problem there. Yeah, there's a problem oh, yeah. there. So problem. where did he get it? At school or at the hockey arena? Where did he get it? Yeah, community vaccine clinic, a one-day-only thing. Come one, come all. First one's free. They're giving them out today. Let's go. And that's what happened. He went. He wanted to keep playing hockey. He hated needles. It was his biggest yeah. fear in life. He was terrified of needles. I used to tell him, Sean, it's nothing more than like pitching your skin. It doesn't hurt. But he was terrified of it. And I know he wouldn't have got it if he didn't have to. He just wanted to keep playing hockey. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'm heartbroken about that part. I did not know that uh, minors can consent without parental involvement at all. Yep. Now, is your lawyer looking at that as well and what what law passed that allowed 12 12 year olds to do this i'm not aware of the law I'm, I'm not sure if it was federal or provincial but i know it it's true i know that mm -hmm. so is your lawyer what is he going after when it comes to this lawsuit? how deep can we go into the lawsuit i can't really say much i'm so sorry but Don't it'll be, be public it will be public this month he has to have it filed by September 27th, and then it's public for everyone to see. But right now, I, I just can't speak about it. Sure. No, fair enough. But what is my is there's something being filed this month. We'll be able to yep. get the public record, and then we'll yep. start looking at your plaintiff's claim. Do you know what court he's filing in? Is this federal or Ontario? I'm thinking it might be Ontario. I'm, I haven't discussed that with him yet, but I'm thinking it might be held in Toronto, the trial. I'm not sure. Okay, so then we'll probably go into Ontario's uh, Supreme Court. Yeah, no, Superior Court, and possibly uh, appealed. Are you prepared to go all the way to the Supreme Court with this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wish this was happening next week. He said, in all reality, we might not get to the courtroom until next fall. Not this fall, next fall. And the waiting is killing me. I want to go to battle with them tomorrow. Yeah. They can ask me easy. I've been told that they're going to try to destroy my character and everything. Bring everything you've got. I have an answer for everything you say to me. That's yeah, but you're attitude. not on trial. I, I know. They I know. Not, but... And, but they're going to try to make me look like I'm crazy and an anti-vaxxer and make me look like I'm just wasting the court's time. Well, what would you do if this was your child? Right. There's so many people who are staying silent and not speaking up.
It's your child. They can't fight for themselves. If they've been injured or even worse, killed, you're the parent. You have to speak up. I don't, I don't get it. I'll fight till my heart stops, Brashad. Of course I loved him. I loved him more than life. He was my reason for getting up every morning. My reason for going to work. It was all about him. When I was at work, I missed him. Mm -hmm. it, it's he was my boy. He was so special, and he deserves justice for what happened. Absolutely, and he'll help others because of this too. So once this justice oh, yeah. happens, and now that this message is out, we see answers for Sean all over the place. So people are are becoming yeah. more aware of this. And I assure you, Dan. Uh, some lives have been saved. Some people have stepped away from the idea of getting it because of what they've heard. I believe me on that one. I, I know that to be true. Now I the next too. step. Yeah. The next step is accountability for the people who made this happen to us. So this is government. This is media. Uh, there's an yeah. immunity agreement with the um, companies. And I really think that Canada over time, this is one of the things that your lawyer spoke about, like over time, things can be fixed. Uh, okay. We stopped doing this whole immunity thing, creating immunity for companies. Um, these are get out of jail free cards. These should not exist at all. They should always uh, have liability and they have to take precaution and force them to be truthful about what's going on. This immunity blanket really wasn't one for the companies. It was for the government. The government wanted to be able to, stay out of courts and stuff like that, especially if Pfizer and Moderna and stuff right there. Because here's what would have happened, Dan. Dan. If you were able to sue Pfizer, Pfizer would be suing the government for lying because Pfizer didn't really say all of this stuff. The government yep. and media twisted it. So exactly. Pfizer would Pfizer would have to make a the government the co-defendant. That would be the automatic step if they're sued. So what the government did is they gave them immunity. So they themselves, the government, doesn't get pulled in by Pfizer as a defendant in a lawsuit because they're scared of the big companies that have the money. They're not scared of the little guys like you and I who don't. So this wasn't a preemptive move to protect Pfizer in the marketplace. This was a preemptive move to protect the government when it goes bad. So they must have known or at least had a good understanding that this likely will go bad if Pfizer is allowed to be pulled into court in a Canadian court, Pfizer will pull the government in and the media and anybody else who lied about their findings, which is a, quite a few of them. We're now finding out that Pfizer did not say safe and effective, did not yep. say it wouldn't spread. It was That's government right. and media that did that. Exactly. So we have to find a way, whether it's pressure or otherwise, to remove that uh, document, the immunity document, vitiate it, void it, pull Pfizer into the court. So they pull the government into the court and we have true accountability because right now there's zero. You're going to maybe get some justice for Sean when it comes to admitting that maybe they did understand that this was the wrong thing to do, but that's not going to be the full justice. There's hundreds of thousands of people injured. We, we don't even know the full extent of this yet. And because yeah. the government has isolated themselves or immune themselves, from liability because the the uh, vaccine companies won't sue them now. We won't get that accountability worldwide. This happened uh, in the U.S. and this happened in other countries where they gave immunity for the same reason, to keep themselves out of court. So, Dan, I think you're on the right track because this is the kind of stuff that we need to open that door.
if we can show that there is liability, at least on the government level, we should be able to show that that immunity agreement shouldn't stand because it was signed in bad faith. Not bad exactly. faith necessarily on Pfizer, but bad faith on the government side. There yep. might be a way to do that. That's the route we're going down. Oh, yeah? Okay, because oh, yeah. I really want to see these shields that the government created for themselves and the vaccine companies. Drug companies, poison companies, they got to stop using the term vaccine. It never was. Um, for them to stop protecting them because they're really just protecting themselves from us by the way it's from us the ones that they injured and the ones that they coerced that's who they're protecting themselves from because we're a massively large group of people that have a lot of power that they're very afraid of yep. so i'd like Getting to bigger every day it is it is you familiar with the carrie sakamoto uh, lawsuit in alberta uh no no sorry i'm not okay well eva is so eva's the one that filed it so I'm sure she's probably brought it. Oh, up the, point. the lady with Bell's policy, permanent. Correct. Yes. That's yes. 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 Yeah, so I'm yes. just not good with names, but I, no I know exactly. Know exactly who she is. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, and we had her on for a while, and we had when when she broke her lawsuit and came out, we had her on, and we talked about that. The reason why I bring her up is because Alberta's doing this here, and this is against CBC, Alberta Health Services, and Government of Canada. And you're doing yours in Ontario. There's probably a lot of synergy between the two. Um, but I'm sure Eva's working with you closely on that because I'm sure she's trying to progress both of these lawsuits. Yeah. Are you aware of any more uh, across Canada? No, I think I'm the only lawsuit in North America going against the government for wrongful death. There's none that I know of. Right, because because Carrie is for harm because she's alive, so not wrongful yeah, death. Yeah, exactly. Other than the one that Omar mentioned in Japan, which right. is very very similar to Sean, I'm the only one that I know of. So that's why I'm hoping and begging people will get behind this because it's it's not just justice for Sean; it's it's for all of us. Anyone yeah. who's been injured, anyone who lost their job, anyone who lost their business, let's take it to them. Let's fight them. And the only way we can do this is to get me in a courtroom with yep. my lawyers. It's the only way. Or else they're just going to keep laughing at us and letting it happen. This new variant's coming out now, apparently. And they already have a vaccine for it, magically. And, and people are going to take it again. And more deaths are going to happen. I, I want to... With each one, the, the deaths go up, not just because people die from the vaccine, but because once you started taking it, your immunity is just shot. And each, each time oh, you yeah. take it, it gets worse and worse. So Forever. we're going to get a higher number of deaths. Yeah. And Why can't they just admit that, oh, wait, there's too many people dying here. Maybe we should stop this and take a look at it again. Maybe we should do more testing instead of rushing it out the door in a couple months. But they don't. They don't say that. They don't talk about it. Which makes me think, hmm, this is what you wanted. How, how can you think anything different? Well, you're not wrong. Like, the vaccine came quickly, uh, but it was started in the manufacturing way before COVID. Uh, mRNA was around for a while. They've been working on it for a while. They just needed an event to roll it out on. Yeah. Kind of like Pearl Harbor, when we heard, you know, Pearl Harbor happened, and then all of a sudden the U.S. is now in. Then we find out way later that maybe they knew about it and they just allowed it to happen because it gave yeah. them their justification to come in. 
this may be very similar. We don't have a, that evidence yet, and I, I presume that your lawsuit isn't exposing a global design around COVID and the vaccine, but you are focusing on Canada and the government here and our healthcare system on how it handled it, distributed it, marketed it, propagated it. Um, is the CBC at all or any media involved in yours as well? Um, Again, if these say. are details, I can't get yet. yeah, if these are details, just say no comment, no comment, then I'll just move on. Because um, yes. they absolutely play a role in my eyes. Oh, they were the ones that were out there. They're yeah. promoting it every day, safe and effective, safe and effective. Yeah, come get your so, vaccine on a, on a bus that's in a parking lot. But yeah, I went up to the bus, the local Vax bus that was in my town, and I saw this old man getting on the bus, and I said. I went up to them and pretended I didn't know what was going on. I said, what are you doing here? And the guy said, we're, oh, we're vaccinating people. I said, oh, what vaccine are you using? He said, Pfizer. And I said, oh, well, my son died from Pfizer. And then people in the parking lot started freaking out on me. Get this guy out of here. It was funny. Wow. A Vax, a Vax bus, when they told us they had to be stored at minus 6,000 degrees in the beginning. Now, all of a sudden, they're arriving on a bus. Step right up. I think it's incredible that they're so indoctrinated and brainwashed that the people would attack oh, yeah. you. Uh, an actual witness to the events knows what's going on. You're not lying. You most certainly yeah, didn't why, come out of your house to fear, cause fear. You're just sharing why would I want to put myself? Why would I want to put myself through this every day? I'm a truck driver. I work long hours. I work hard. And then when I come home, I, 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 I do my Twitter page. I, I like to acknowledge every single person who supports me. And I'm sure they'd all tell you that. For yeah. someone who's viral, I try to get back to everybody if I can. I have message requests, like a thousand of them that I haven't even been, had a chance to get to yet. But I will, eventually. Mm -hmm. I want the world to know what happened to Sean. I'm not lying. I'll take any lie detector test anyone wants. My son died 33 days after a vaccine. That's a fact. It cannot be disputed. It's not a lie. It's not misinformation. And the symptoms he had four days after aren't normal. They're nothing compared to what they said. You might have a sore arm, a little bit of a sore arm for a couple of days. They didn't say nothing about rings around your eyes and a rash all over you and vomiting. Uh, that's the body saying, I don't want this shit in here. Yeah. It's, it's pretty simple. I'm fighting for myself, for my boy. And I don't want anyone else to die. Anyone. I don't want any parent to feel this pain. Because it's horrifying and all-consuming, and it's every minute of every day from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed. I cry 12 times a day. It's insane. I don't want any parent to go through this pain. And I've had messages from hundreds of messages saying, thank you, Dan. You saved my children's life. Mm -hmm. And that means the world to me. And those bastards at the hockey league stopped the mandate two months after he died. If Sean would have waited two more months, he'd still be here. I'm sorry that that's a reality that you're facing. Thank you for being strong enough to bring it to us. A lot of people wouldn't be able to do that. This is impressive, Dan. I want to support you in every way I can. I want to make sure people out there hear this story and they get behind you. We absolutely need this lawsuit to continue, and it may be all the way to the Supreme Court. We need to make the government held accountable. 
not because we want revenge for what they've done necessarily, but because we want to make sure that going forward, that's not repeated. What we absolutely want to have happen here is to learn from the mistake, how the that's mistake all. happened. Yeah. And how and why that's a, still a question for another day, but we don't want it to be repeated. And then with talks of another lockdown and stuff coming down and Canadian variant, if they repeat this mistake again, that's going to be the worst lesson here. We didn't learn a damn thing. And then I can see how this would pain you even more to see this hockey league or some other places mandating a vaccine again. Do you think that's going to happen? We've been seeing the masks start to come back and the, and the propaganda start to come back. I think it's coming back again. We're going to have to put on face diapers to go get your groceries. And thank God they put the plexiglass up, even though the cashier's touching every item you buy. But thank God the plexiglass is there. You put on a paper mask that doesn't do shit. I'm not doing it. I know me no. personally. I'm not going to do it. I'm walking right into my grocery store, and they're going to have to physically take me out of there. And if more people do that, we, they, we don't yeah. need to comply to this crap again. They're not going to send the police to every grocery store or store. They're too busy for that. Just just say, no, I'm not wearing it. And walk in. That's what I'm going to do. If the police come and ask me to leave, then I'll leave. I've had that advice given to me already. Don't start no crap. If you're asked to leave by the police, you leave. Yeah. But I'm going to go in and get my groceries if I can. And I'll yell at the top of my lungs, my son died from this vaccine. Why are you putting on a mask that does nothing? I'm not doing it. No, and I think with the help of someone like Chris with uh, Police Town on Guard, maybe even less police will understand that they have an oath that starts with the word I, not we. So it's an oath that they take about their individual decision and choices, and they need to use their discretion and not follow unlawful orders. This is yeah. part of the culture that the police need to wake up on, and I know Chris is working really hard on that. You will oh, support yeah. that as well, to ask the police and other authorities to... Listen to your conscience, understand what you're talking about, and don't just follow orders. If you're following an order right there, you should re-question re it. And if you have questions with it, it's your duty, especially as an officer who took the oath, not to follow an illegal order. We need to also support those officers who stand up. Some of them got fired, Dan. Oh, Some I of them know, got, I know. They were, they were made to be uh, examples to the others so they don't stand up. We need to support that group as well so that they have the courage to do it and they're not intimidated even by their employers. And you're not wrong. If a lot of us stopped complying, walked into the grocery store peacefully, tried to do our yep. shopping, yep. it just simply wouldn't work. It's, this is how it happened is we all complied for at least two weeks. And then from that point on, less and less of us. But my goodness, I think this might be a tough one for them to force us again. Do you know if the hockey league itself has any intention to add the masks back or anything like that? Because I haven't heard. Focus on that particular one. Yeah, I haven't heard anything. I've when Sean died, I vowed I will never watch another hockey game again, and I've kept that promise. I have oh, a lot sorry. of anger towards the hockey league, lots. Because at first I thought they had to do the man. That's what I thought. Mm -hmm. And then I found out from my lawyer, no, no, no. It, it was prevention. They had the choice whether to do that ma mandate or not. Correct. 
and then the hockey league dropped the mandate two months after Sean died. I, I often wonder: is it because of Sean that they dropped it? Could be. Were they getting Were they getting nervous? Like, but I, I don't know about hockey. I, I if if we go back to this new vaccine and, and the masks, I'm sure they're going to do it again. You have to get the new vaccine to play hockey. It's, Which it's hockey league is this? He played for the Beaten Stingers, Beaten Ontario. What league is that? Because that's a team, right? Uh, I guess it's called Stinko. Stinko. Yeah. Because what I'm getting at is if they re-implement another one, that particular league should be targeted for protest. Yeah. Pull your kids out. Don't do it. Uh, they've, yeah. they've already been put on notice that they've had one person pass away, one, one athlete pass yeah. away. They should not be the ones forcing it again. So if they do, let us know. We'll get the word out. Maybe just get everybody to get their kids out of there or just not even go to the games and not support the league at all. But so many, people, so many people still believe it's perfectly safe and effective. So it's one hell of a battle to try and convince them that it's not. It's not safe and effective. There's been thousands and thousands of injuries and deaths. And people argue with me, no, there hasn't. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. They pretend, even on the internet, they pretend it's perfectly fine. No, nothing happened. No one, nothing bad happened. And I want to help people. I'm not trying to be an anti-vaxxer crazy person. I don't go out there yelling, don't take it. I don't do that. But if you want to talk to me respectfully back and forth, instead of saying your kid deserved it, or you're a bad father from letting him have it, when I didn't even know he took it, right? the, the the trolls are unbelievable. I, it makes me sick. And I try to ignore yeah. them, but it, it's hard to ignore something you've already read on a screen. It's in your head. Yeah, no, I, I hear that one completely. Maybe the, the challenge or the the thing that needs to happen here is maybe you shouldn't. You should have someone maybe go through them and then bring all the good ones forward, that one that needs your attention, because you have thousands of them. Um, yeah. So this may be a way for someone to take a step forward to help you with your social media messaging. I don't read all mine. I have my wife do it, um, because a lot of them are good for you. to me. <laughs> Honey, well, <laughs> you got to start taking care of that shit. Because <laughs> it, it is helpful to have a little bit of a buffer there, a little bit of insulation between the haters and your mind. Yeah. You're not wrong. Once it gets in there, it's in there. Oh um, yeah, yeah. So maybe I'm not someone... one to back down from a fight. So it makes me insanely angry. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm not trying to protect you. I'm just trying to give you a little bit of advice on uh, some self help here, because yeah. uh, you'll be triggered quite often. Because that's what these people do. Or I don't yeah. even call them people. That's what these accounts do. It's horrible. <clears throat> yep. Now, are you doing events? And can we talk a little bit about the fundraising? And and uh, let's let people know how they can help you on that front. Well, I see you have the address at the bottom of the screen. That's You can make donations there. Uh, that's the, I, Chris is working on another way we can have people donate. Because there are people who don't want to use Give, Send, Go for some reason. I don't know why. Because uh, the I, government has hacked them in the past. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. see, I but, didn't know that. I honestly yeah, didn't so know during that. The, yeah, during the convoy. I thought um, it was just Give, Send, Go that was the bad people. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. They're the great people. Uh, very, very religious, too. Lots of faith there. Um, GoFundMe 
No, sorry, Gibson. Oh, oh GoFundMe. Gibson, yeah, Go, yeah, Gibson Go are the are the ones that first raised ten million dollars for the convoy, and then they worked with the government, and they were about to send it to the city. A lot of people kicked up a fuss. Actually, Florida threatened to sue, and then they decided to give the money back. Gibson Go is a good one. Um, yeah, that's... and they also raised another ten million. But Gibson Go is the one where the government hacked the database and released the information. CBC still uses it to harass people that donated. Police forces wow. all over are using that list to uh, uh, go after their own police officers to punish them. Uh, it's an illegal thing. <laughs> they should never have been able to use that information. It was illegally obtained. Uh, but yet, yeah, doesn't matter. Uh, CBC will still publish names of people. Like, for example, the CBC did an article not too long ago that said, here's how many people that donated to uh, CPC and the truckers. Well, the only way for them to have that list is to have the original stolen list to know who also donated to cpc cpc and then out them so even our own government uh, media is uh, doing illegal things and the government's not holding them responsible police forces are using that list to get rid of officers and i'm sure a lot of businesses use it as well to get rid of the people that donated that's why dan it's because it got hacked once already and there were consequences yeah. for people that donated See, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to talk with Chris and my lawyer and see if we can figure something else out. But for now, it's working. Every, donations are coming in. And well, I haven't heard of any bad things happen yet. So There's a solution. So out of Alberta, there's a lawyer here, very clever. Uh, and she's working with the vets and the Canadian Armed Forces. And they had the same problem. A lot of people were concerned about donations. She And you can talk to your lawyer about this one. Uh, there's a payment processor provider for lawyers their merchant system where they do the transactions for lawyers they have allowed donations of this kind to go through their system so this may be a way for your lawyer to set up a payment processor which is protected because uh, this lawyer-based uh, payment provider good luck going after them it's all lawyers um, and it's also lawyers money so good luck um, for the government to try and shut down that payment provider. But this payment provider has stepped up and said, yes, we will um, transact donations for the purpose of, and then this is the Canadian Armed Forces vaccine related one. So it's vaccine related so, and they have no problem with that. So maybe talk to your lawyer. That could be a way to have a safer mechanism. Yeah, Cause if the yeah. money goes straight through your lawyer and the payment provider, they have never been hacked. And I can't imagine the government would go after lawyers money that yeah. might be a little bit too far not a good move yeah yeah so there's an option there and okay. i was chatting with um can't remember who it is right now but i talked to a lot of people that need to raise money and getting together a group of lawyers and maybe an insurance company or something where we could offer um, a donor defense fund so anybody who is debanked or the government comes after for a donation there's a defense fund for them. So this could let people be a lot more comfortable about sending money that if anything happens, there's at least a defense fund. Now, I suspect if this was set up, there'd be never a need for it. I don't think the government would try that again. Um, yeah. So we may never need to defend, but that's kind of the point is to reestablish the trust in the donation system so that people will go ahead and... There's a lot of people that want to send you money, but um, they're scared scared wow. and it's not because of um, they can't afford it it's because they're 
government can shut down an account and they're worried about that. Even as a candidate for office, I get that all the time. People are so concerned. If I send you money, am I going to get my bank account shut down because you are anti-government? I can't answer that because they absolutely have in the past. Um, but we need some way to protect donors. because I, I can't you... see them going after this. I mean, the convoy was one thing. I mean, the government needed to win that. But this is just a lawsuit. Uh, how can you take people's or shut down their accounts for donating to a lawsuit? It's just a lawsuit, like any other lawsuit. I can't see them messing with this, honestly. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they wouldn't. That's what I think. Uh, absolutely, yeah. I agree they wouldn't. Because they're they're so confident they're going to kick my ass anyway. So they're probably. I don't think they right are. Now. No, <laughs> I don't think they're confident at all. I think they're, sure I they're not. pulling straws. They're pulling straws, and the short guy is pretty pissed right now because he has to go through with this. Um, yeah. But back to the donation thing, it's not so much that the government will; it's to put the confidence back in the public that they yeah. are safe. Um, a lot of people are not as confident as you, you and I, that the government won't do it. They think they will do it on basically anything because they went after people for just small donations too. Um, and then you got people like Pat King, who's still fighting for his bank accounts. Um, yeah, yeah. He's still fighting. There's a, he's, he's wrapped up in a civil lawsuit, a $400 million one, you know, not a big deal, $400 million. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but because, yeah, but because of that, they've uh, froze up his bank accounts. They've locked up his bank accounts. Sure. So you're expecting to file this this month, but not expecting to get in until next fall. Yeah, unfortunately, I have to play the waiting game, and it hurts a lot to do this. This yes. this lawsuit is all brand new stress. Trying to deal with losing Sean, and now the stress of this. Can Canadians and people around the world contribute to this to make this happen for me? Like. It's stressful. And my lawyer said, don't worry about it. I'm not going anywhere. And But I want this so bad. Like, obviously, I want this more than he does. Hmm. Well, I think he wants it a lot. He's just trying to he get does. He does. Yeah. He, he's a great man, but he's, I'm stressed about it. Because I want this to happen tomorrow. But I have to wait. And I have to keep it together and not lose my temper and not do anything stupid. I have to keep it together for Sean. Are you allowing events to happen to raise money for Sean? Have you talked to your lawyer about that? Because you're, you're not everywhere. You're just Ontario, so you can't go yeah. anywhere. But would you allow other people to help that way? Oh, absolutely. We're, we're trying to uh, – a good friend of mine, she helps me a lot with my page. Her name is Chick, and we're oh, trying to brainstorm. Your, your thing. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Very dear friend, her and Rachel. Both of them are my very dear friends. We're trying to brainstorm, come up with ideas on how we can raise money. Chick created a 50-50 raffle, which is good. So, And one of my followers donated an extra 500 to the winner of that raffle, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're, we're trying to think of ideas. It's, it's hard to come up with ideas, though, honestly. We thought of maybe yeah. a charity barbecue or something. I don't know. Well, maybe it's kind of more like a franchise model at this stage where you can ask people to come to you, get your permission, get your approval to go ahead and mm -hmm. fundraise, have some accounting requirements involved in there and endorse them to go ahead and fundraise yeah. for you. 
Um, Good idea. I would encourage you to put the message out there that they have to get your approval before they can use your name. Oh, yeah. Because um, yeah. some people will fundraise on behalf without any connection. Um, but that could be one way, because I know there's lots of people across this country who know how to fundraise, would fundraise for you. Uh, they just need the permission because they're good people. They will go for the permission. So it's pretty safe to say maybe right now, if anybody's listening right now that want to help, go ahead and reach out to me or you yeah. and we'll make the connection yeah. and then we'll get that going. That'd be great. That's a good idea. Yeah. Anyone who I, has experience with this, please get in touch with me. I need all the help I can get. Or Jason, I'm sure he'll help me too. Sure. I'll do everything I can to connect people and, and make it happen properly. Uh, fundraising is one of the trickier ones because there are nefarious and there's cash around and stuff like that. So yeah. we'll do our best to uh, navigate that one. Um, but yeah, do you have a registered charity charity number? No. Okay. May, that might be one step just to get you be, to be okay. able to do receipts for people that donate. Um, and that also helps add not just credibility, but a little bit of comfort that it's not going to be attacked by the government. Can you imagine them going after a registered charity? That would be insane. Oh, yeah. Be insane. So maybe there's a couple steps there. Register a charity and then allow people to get authorization from that charity to go ahead and raise. That way we can put it on the, the posters, the charity number, and make it legit. And then anybody right. who does that, they put the number on and they're not legit. Criminal offense. It's a criminal Great. offense. Therefore, we should be able to stop any imposters um, from getting involved. You don't want that. Thanks, Jason. Thank you. I, I have no idea about that kind of stuff. Yeah, Just Alberta takes. Dad. No, I hear you. Alberta takes like even one reason. Even when I created this shirt here, I, I went and had it made for myself. And I was posing uh, pictures online with me wearing it. Two days later, I found 20 t shirt companies selling this shirt. None of it going to you, though, right? None of it. Not one cent. How disgusting is that? Yes. Answers for Sean's shirts. And then people were messaging me, did you make that shirt? No. Uh, so you're right. I, I do need to figure out how to get this going better. That's for sure. Mm. Yeah, I think this is a good time in Canada for us to figure out how to do grassroots fundraising in a way that could be trusted. Because there's a big void now that we don't trust yeah. it. So let's find a way to make a mechanism so we can trust it. Because in our government here, Dan, we have to defend ourselves with our own money. Oh, yeah. They have okay. they have our money to go against us or to fight us when we're trying to get answers. But we have to use our own money after taxed money um, to go ahead and fight them back. So the, the, it's stacked against us. So we absolutely need to fix the, the way to fund legal. I, I would love to see a way for legal witnesses, experts to be covered so that it's not really the burden of people like you to bring forward these lawsuits. It's the government really should be quaking in their boots and that should be where the focus is not whether or not you can afford it and they can get away with it. I, I'm pretty fed up with this accountability stage, not working well. Um, one example, Dan, is when somebody is charged illegally uh, and then those charges are dropped for example, Jeremy McKenzie, Morgan May, um, we had a whole bunch here in Alberta just recently, Chris Scott, a whole bunch of charges were dropped. And what typically happens is the defendant or the person charged is so relieved 
that they just skip out of the court, drive home and enjoy the afternoon, leaving the wrongdoers unpunished. The ones who brought the charges in the first place, the ones that dragged them through the process, the painful process of uh, litigation, they just get to go home too, scot-free. I'd like to see Canada stop doing that. (laughs) If somebody is uh, improperly using the legal system, prosecutors, crown police, whoever it is, uh, there's consequences to that. I want them to be considering all things when they decide to charge somebody. And one of them is their own career if they are absolutely being political with their their charging. Because political prisoners shouldn't be a thing here in Canada, simply put. There's no room for that. So maybe some of this uh, awareness, it, it could be a little bit broader, that we need to fix the donation system so people have confidence in it as well, and really yeah. provide a mechanism to give um, the citizen, grassroots citizens, a uh, uh, a good step up when it comes to the legal. And I can't say just defending because you're a plaintiff in this one. So you're the one bringing the the lawsuit forward. So it has to be for plaintiffs and defendants. Um, I'm just noodling some ways to do this. Uh, I know that there's a bunch of people that want to do a cross Canada tour soon. Uh, Maybe there's a way to work it. So that's an official um, answers for Sean uh, fundraiser. Um, talk to your lawyer about that merchant account with the legal side of things because he may not even be aware that that's an option. Because uh, then what he can do is he can set up a page where people can donate directly and it goes directly to that legal fund where it's protected and there's no way the government will touch it. Um, and then ditto if there's a charity number associated with it, you can issue tax receipts, which is an incentive advice for people to make donations. So those are just a couple ideas because I really like to see you get to your 500,000 and really just focus squarely on preparing yourself for some of the hardest days in court you'll have. Um, It's going to be a nightmare. You can do it though. Uh, Yeah, I can. You the strength. I do. I'm I'm ready. Yeah. Now there's a lot of tears and a lot of memories that'll get brought up, but oh well, let's go. Yeah. Oh God. I love your strength. You're an inspiration, Dan, for sure. For sure. Uh, oh boy. Oh boy. Um, okay. So can we maybe focus a bit on how you're handling things? Let's talk a bit about your life and, um, maybe try and share with people the challenges that you've had getting to this point. I know the vaccine injury program denied you, uh, have the doctors been helpful at all? The coroner? Uh, what are the challenges that, uh, that you may need some help with to, to get through here? Well, I've been speaking with doctors who've lost their license. I personally know four of them. Dr. Chris Shoemaker and I are very good friends. He was yeah. a doctor of 40 years, took two shots, and then changed his mind and started talking about it. They took his license. Yeah. We had them on a show. It was a horrible story. Like he just went oh, down to the truckers and it was MDs yep. for truckers was his sign. 45 yep. years, spotless record, nothing but great yep. service. And then boom, gone. Yeah. But as for the government doctors or the people who say, oh, safe and effective, none of them talked to me. I reported Sean's death to Pfizer over a year ago. Mm-hmm. They said, we take this very seriously, sir. We'll call you back in a couple of days. I haven't heard one word, not one word. Why wouldn't you call someone back when your product, the child died after taking your product? Why wouldn't Mm -hmm. you at least call back? 
even if you want to call back and say, well, it wasn't our fault, they didn't even call, back, call me back. Nothing. That's suspicious. And it's, it's the good doctors that I talk to that people all accuse of being liars. And, oh, you can't trust him. He's an anti-vaxxer. No, he's not. He's a doctor. <laughs> he didn't go to school for all those years to become a doctor just to lie to you. I, it's it's those doctors who I talk to the most. The people on Twitter, I've met some of the greatest, nicest, kindest people who support me daily because every damn day is a struggle to get through. Mm -hmm. It really, really is. And without all these people, I could not do this. They keep me going. There's been days where I want to give up and just say, no, I'm not doing this anymore. But they keep me going. People like you give me a chance to talk about Sean where so many other uh, mainstream media won't talk to me, CBC, CTV, none of them will even talk to me. They've been tagged in so many of my posts. Why don't you talk to Dan Hartman? They won't say a word. I don't know if they're paid off not to say a word. I, I don't know what it is. Just let me tell my story and let the people decide. Don't push a narrative. Let the people decide. Let people know what happened to Sean and let them decide what happened. Yeah, this is frustrating because you should be front page news. It should be what we're all oh, talking about. The moment that Sean passed, it should have been everywhere. They, we should have been pulling the mandate. We should have been stopping even for two weeks to find out the problem. Like we should have been working this in some fashion where we protected more people. But you're not yeah. wrong. So CBC has not even tried to interview you. Global, C nope. none of them. Nothing. Not a word. Okay, Not Canada, th this is a problem. This is a really big problem. I get that they're trying to maybe protect the government because they're part of that media fund, but it might be more than that to Dan. It might be even their internal guilt that they're struggling with because they took it or got someone else to take it or they've been talking about it for so long. that It's really hard to undo it now. I would like to see... Um, hmm, where should I go with this? Not only just defund, but hold accountable. So hopefully the... Kerry Sakamoto and other people who file lawsuits related to this also target media because media has to be held accountable. We saw this in the States with uh, CNN where they were glorifying that student, uh, but not the student himself, the violence against the student. Um, come on, chat, help me out here. The uh, young kid wearing the, the Trump hat and then the, the guy with the native drum came up and started going to his face. The media really ran with that and made it seem like the kid was an arrogant jerk turned out not even close to true and they were just doing a narrative and he filed some uh, defamation lawsuits and was successful in uh, settling large amounts so i do yeah. think canada should be doing more of that where we are litigating against the media and it should be pretty simple defamation should be pretty simple it's the easiest defense is if it's true so the media, who, who should be sued for defamation, all they got to do is prove it was safe and effective, that their statement was true, and they can walk away. Um, yeah. Really simple. Yeah, Nick Sandman. Thank you very much, chat. Yeah, that's right. Nick Sandman. So that's the name of the young man in the United States. Um, and he sued. And he sued a several of them. We need more Good. of those. Because yep. CBC, CTV, Global, etc., Toronto Star even, uh, all of them need to push the are you sure button 
before they launch anything, and that should come with the consequence, financial, um, and even if it's, um, I think there should be a way to make this criminal. If you have the mindset of knowing that it is wrong and it will cause harm, that's mens rea. Therefore, I believe that should be criminal. Um, I'm not sure if it's criminal neg negligent or, or not, but if it's not, we, we should be making it so. Now, Don, Dan, the only way to do this uh, with our current system is to get rid of this current government, get rid of some of the people in there and get some stronger people into that House of Commons to pass some more legislation here. Um, how, how are you active at all in, in calling people to maybe run for local office or run for the school boards and get involved in the hockey league so that we have smarter people making better decisions in there? No, I just, I just don't have time. I honestly don't. Sure. But would you say that that's probably a good idea? Let's get change oh, some yeah. of the people yeah. in there? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So if you are a parent or anything like that dealing with these hockey leagues, think about getting in there, running for the boards, getting in there so that we get some different people in there. Because the people behind your hockey league likely was pressured by the press, by the government, and by even other parents uh, to go ahead and do this mandate. They didn't have science. They didn't have anybody that reviewed anything. They must have been going on somebody else's information. Um, and that's scary. So, whew. sorry, I'm still trying to struggle with um, areas where we can talk that's not going to cause more more pain but this entire thing is pain there dan how how do you get through so you have was it annette what was your girlfriend's name again angie angie okay yeah. and you've known her since for how long uh, eight years eight years we've been together she's an amazing woman and supports me like nobody else I know a lot of women would say, I can't deal with this guy. He's crying every day. <laughs> but she doesn't. She sticks with me. And I do grief counseling with other parents that have lost their children. And I do one-on-one -on -one Zoom grief counseling. And it helps somewhat. But it's just unbearable pain that's really hard to describe. And I don't think anyone can say anything to make me feel better no matter how much training they've had. No. It's just, you're... I my son was murdered in my mind. That's my opinion. He was murdered. It's not a normal death. It wasn't cancer. It wasn't a car accident. It wasn't suicide. He was murdered. And I didn't want this battle. I didn't. No. If they would have just talked to me at the beginning, spoke to me like a person, instead of pretending Sean doesn't exist, and, and admitted, okay, yes, we're sorry, Mr. Hartman, your son did die from a vaccine. This would all be over. But no, they don't want to do that, so we go to war. Well, thank you for going to war. Thank you for not being one that crumbled to their pressure. Because uh, yep. this is going to make a big difference. I it's my son. Right? You took the wrong boy and you messed with the wrong dad. It's, it's simple. I like fighting. Do you have faith? I do. Yes, I do. I pray to God every day. And I pray the same prayer every day. Please, Lord, deliver me to truth and justice for sure. Well, I think he's listening. I think it's happening. So Omar, Umar, Omar, was it Omar? Omar. 
It's yeah. spelled Umar, but it's pronounced Omar. Yeah, he's a godsend. His demeanor, oh. his intelligence, uh, talking about vaccines all the way back to 2015, how they were causing harm and problem. I, that's a godsend for sure. Oh, yeah. There's so many coincidences with Omar. It blew my mind. Like, his dog is the name of the doctor who saw Sean in emergency. His dog is named Doctor something? Yeah, well, doc, the second name after Doctor. No, his I, I, doc I, is his dog's name. Okay, that's one. The second coincidence, Omar's birthday is September 27th. That's the day Sean died. I'm sorry. And the third one, my fiance's name is Angela. And my second lawyer is named Angela. That's three big coincidences that I think God had something to do with. Well, I'm glad you see it that way because I'm sure there's going to be more coming too, especially once so. this hits the, the legal system. Now, this isn't a class action lawsuit, right? You're just filing for no. yourself and for yeah, Sean. Just, just me. Is it in yeah. is it in your name or Sean's name as a plaintiff? It's my name. Okay. Okay. And then we'll get into other details later. So by September 27th, we'll have a copy of it. And maybe we'll come have you back, um, maybe with your lawyer when he's ready to come on and explain it a little bit more. Yeah, well, I'll try and get him in here with me. But I actually have to get going very soon here, Jason. Not a problem, not a problem. Is there anything else that you... No, 100%, I get it. Uh, is there anything else you'd like Canada to know or that we can assist with or anything you're looking for? Are you looking for any other experts? Are you looking for any other people with stories or people that could become witnesses? Are you looking for anything like that? Uh, no, I think we're all set. I just want Canada to support me and come and see the pictures and videos on my page of Sean and you'll see why I'm so messed up. He's a beautiful kid, beautiful, beautiful boy. And yeah. I hope all of Canada can get behind me, or at least the ones who believe in this. There's apparently 8 million of us that do. They said mm -hmm. 80% took the vaccine. So 38 million people in Canada, that means 8 million people believe in what I'm saying. Well, even believe the yeah, even the vaccinated ones are going to start believing too. Some of them, not yeah. all of them, but some of them. I'm not a liar. I've never been a liar in my life. I'm not trying to scam anyone. I'm not no. trying to pull any crap. I'm just fighting for my son. That's all. Just give me the truth and let me go away and grieve him. I'm tired of being on the internet every day. No offense, but I'm tired of interviews. Yeah, for sure. I, it, I've done so many. I'm doing everything I possibly can. I just want to rest and grieve my son. But I can't do that without the truth. And just, I just can't. Well, Dan, how about you hand it over to us? We'll take it from here. You get back to your day. You get back to what you're working on and what you need to get done. Know that our hearts are here for you. You can come back anytime and Thank we'll you. continue the, the fight for you on this front. Okay. Thank you, Jason. Thank you so much. You enjoy the rest of your day. You talk to Angie for us, give her a big hug and anything you need. I'm just a text away and we're going to keep fighting for you, Dan. We'll Thanks, find a Jason. way to get Canada behind you. Thank you, everybody. God bless you all. Thank you. Bye, Dan. God bless you, too. Take care.